Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaganarottamam Deving Saraswating Vyasam Tato Jayamudiraye Nasta Prayeshavabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki This morning we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 10, Verse 42. We have uh, written on the board, this chapter is called Prahlad, the best among exalted devotees. A title which I should say Prahlad will himself attempt to refute in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. So later I thought we can look at some of his re refutation of this claim. So let's chant this verse together. Esha Brahman, Esha Brahman Yadevasya, Krishna Syacha Mahatmana, Krishna Syacha Mahatmana. Avatarakata punya, Avatarakata punya, Vadho yatradi daichayo, Vadho yatradi daichayo, Esha Brahman yadevasya. Krishna Syacha Mahatmana Avatara Katapunya Vadho Yatradi Daityayo Esha All this Brahman Yadevasya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is worshipped by all Brahmanas. Krishnasya of Krishna, 
the original supreme personality of Godhead. Cha. Also. <laughs> Maha Atmana. The super soul. Avatarakata. Narrations about his incarnations. Punya, pious, purifying. Vadha, killing. Yatra, wherein. Adi, in the beginning of the millennium. Daityayo of the demons Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Gitae. Translation. In this narration about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Various expansions or incarnations of the Lord have been described. And the killing of the two demons Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu has also been described. Purport. Avatars or incarnations are expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, Govinda. I worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead Govinda, who is the original person, non-dual, infallible and without beginning. Although he expands into unlimited forms, he is still the original, and although he is the oldest person, he always appears as a fresh youth. Such eternal, blissful, and all-knowing forms of the Lord cannot be understood by the academic wisdom of the Vedas but they are always manifest to pure, unalloyed devotees. And so ends the translation of that verse. It's interesting, interesting that Srila Prabhupada adds the word academic here, academic wisdom of the Vedas. The Brahma Samhita describes the avatars. Indeed, all the avatars are described in the authentic Scriptures. No one can become an avatar or incarnation, although this has become fashionable in the age of Kali. The avatars are described in the authentic scriptures, shastras, and therefore, before one risks accepting a pretender as an avatar, one should refer to the shastras. The shastras say everywhere, that Krishna is the original personality of Godhead, 
and that he has innumerable avatars or incarnations. Elsewhere in the Brahma Sanghita it is said, Ramadi Murti Shukala Niyame Natishtan Rama, Rasingha, Varaha and many others are consecutive expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After Krishna comes Balarama, after Balarama is Sankarsana, then Aniruddha, Pradyumna, Narayana, and then the Purusha avatars Mahavishnu, Garbhodakashayi Vishnu, and Kshirodakashayi Vishnu. All of them are avatars. One must hear about the avatars. Narrations about such avatars are called avatarakata, the narrations of Krishna's expansions. Hearing and chanting these narrations is completely pious. Shrinvatang svakata Krishna punya shravana kirtana. One who hears and chants can become punya, purified of material contamination. Whenever there are references to the avatars, religious principles are established and de demons who are against Krishna are killed. The Krishna consciousness movement is spreading all over the world with two aims. To establish Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and to kill all the pretenders who falsely present themselves as avatars. Ooh, heavy words, huh? <laughs> the preachers of the Krishna consciousness movement must carry out this conviction, must carry this conviction very carefully within their hearts and kill the demons who, in many tactful ways, vilify the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. If we take shelter of Nrsingadeva and Prahlad Maharaj, it will be easier to kill the demons who are against Krishna and to thus re-establish Krishna's supremacy. Krishna's two Bhagavan Svayam, Krishna is the Supreme Lord, the original Lord, Prahlad Maharaj is our Guru, and Krishna is our worshipable God. As advised by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Guru Krishna Prashade Pai Bhakti Lata If we can be successful in getting the mercy of Prahlad Maharaja and also that of Nrsinghadeva, then our Krishna consciousness movement will be extremely successful. The demon Hiranyakashipu had so many ways to try to become God himself. But although Prahlad Maharaj was chastised and threatened in many ways, he mm, rigidly refused to accept his powerful demoniac father as God. Following in the footsteps of Prahlad Maharaj, we should reject all the rascals who pretend to be God 
We must accept Krishna and his incarnations and no one else. Hare Krishna. So ends Srila Prabhupada's vigorous purport to this verse. Esha Brahmanya Devasya Krishna Syacha Mahatmana Avatara Kata Punya Vadho Yatradi Daityayo. In this narration about Krishna, the personality of Godhead, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, various ex expansions or incarnations of the Lord have been described and the killing of the two demons, Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu, has also been described. Who is speaking here? Yes, Narada. And who is he speaking to? Yudhishthir. Where is this taking place? Rajasuya, yes, the Rajasuya of Yudhishthir, yes. All of this takes us back, way back to the very beginning of Canto 7, right? So in effect, what this verse is telling us is the account that Narada has been giving is coming to an end. He's, re he's announcing, now, now the story uh, is coming to an end. So I thought because, because this is uh, the end of the story, although by no means the end of this chapter, it's going to extend on into another very interesting story about Lord Shiva. Um, I thought we could do some reviewing and reflecting and I don't want to be the one, I don't want to be the only one who speaks. Uh, and so my first question is, I see two microphones here. Are they working? Are the microphones working? They're working. Okay, good. So maybe we can have a bit of discussion. What I'd like to ask to kick things off is, if we look back on the whole story of Prahlad Maharaj and Singhadev, what is it in this account which you, in particular, any one of you, uh, especially cherish? What is it that you especially uh, find moving or important for you? If anyone wants to speak up, not everyone at once, please. Uh, please feel free. Banamata Prabhu. Personally, I think the most important and instructive part is the extent with which Prahlad Maharaj tolerated all the uh, <coughs> offenses and torture of his father. Mm. And then at the very end, when asked for a benediction, <coughs> Prahlad Maharaj says, please deliver my father. Yes. Yes, one would, one would expect if, if Prahlad would be an or, ordinary conditioned soul that 
he would um, he would feel some at least some sense of vengeance perhaps that it's it's good you know good riddance finally we get rid of him and so on uh, someone else yes probably yes no Bhaktavatsalya of Nrsinghadev, huh? Okay, very good. This word Vatsalya, where does this come from? Vatsa, right? What is Vatsa? Calf. So what is the feeling of the cow, the mother, for the, for the calf? That's Vatsalya. <laughs> So that feeling uh, you're speaking of, you say, is, is particularly important. Okay, this raises, uh, I think, an interesting question. What can we say is the main, the, the predominating rasa of this whole account? What is the, it's kind of a giveaway because we just talked about it. Huh? Parental affection, it's vatsalya. Uh, now, Srila Prabhupada explains in one purport that vatsalya can go in both directions. We usually think of vatsalya as a, having the mood, the feeling of being the parent of the Lord. Right? This is quite a striking thing, actually, because in especially Western traditions, religious traditions, in the uh, Abrahamic traditions, it's the other way around, isn't it? God is the Father. But now let's think about uh, the position of Prahlad. What is his position in relation to Nursingadev? He's a small child, yes? And so his relation to the Lord is also vatsalya. But it's vatsalya in the mood of being a child. So that feeling is also, that rasa is also there. Okay, yes, you wanted to say. Same point. Anything else? Any other? Uh, something you especially appreciate from, yes, from, This is not working. Huh? What's that? Don't turn it off. Switch it off. Yes, he is a teacher. Prahlad is a teacher. In the midst of his prayers, he is praying to the Lord, glorifying the Lord, and simultaneously he is teaching. And of course, before that, he is teaching his friends, right? He is, we, we may say, an ideal uh, preacher. Uh, we look to Prahlad Maharaj 
not only for uh, the content of what he teaches, but also his, his mood of teaching, right? What else? Anything else? Yes, Prabhu. Is that wireless working? <laughs> I feel like it's very inspiring how Prabhupada Maharaj makes a point that he speaks to Krishna that I'm your servant and you are my master and there is no need to change anything in this relationship. Ah, yes. Because this is our eternal relationship. I just want to be your servant. That's yes. That's nice, isn't it? Because we hear that how important it is to feel satisfaction in spiritual life, huh? to, f to feel satisfied. And what is actually the core of the sense of satisfaction of a devotee? It's that sense that I am servant of the Lord. That is my position. That won't change. It doesn't need to change. So I'm already, I've already arrived, if you like, right? <laughs> you may say, oh, I don't feel like I've already arrived. But we've, we've already gotten on the track. We understand this simple, simple, simple point. I am servant of the Lord. And in that position we can feel satisfaction. Okay. Any ladies? Yes, Mataji. Um. Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, being completely selfless and compassionate towards all the divinities. Compassionate, yes. It's not just that we should take this uh, spiritual life at a very early stage of life. We should not wait and waste our time. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. How does that verse go? Koma rama charet pragyo dharmam bhagavatani ha durlavang manusang janma tat up. I always stumble on the last line. Tat up adruvam artadam. Yes, koma ram. Start, start when you're young. And some of us may say, but I'm not young. <laughs> And someone may say, sorry, it's too late then. No, it's not too late. <laughs> it's never too late, fortunately. Yes. And as you said, his compassion. One of my favorite verses uh, is a prayer of Prahlad Maharaj, which is not in the seventh canto, it's in the fifth canto. Svastyastu vishvasya kala prasidatam jayantu bhutani shivam mitodhya he addresses the Lord to please bless the whole world uh, with auspiciousness. And he says, uh, May the demons, Kala, proceed at them, may they become peaceful, may they become satisfied. And I always uh, remember in Srila Prabhupada's word for word uh, to this verse. Uh, kala, I think, is the word for demons. And then Prabhupada gives a purport within the word for word. Sometimes he does that. He says, uh, 
the, the demon, persons of demonic mentality or something. And then he says, practically everyone. <laughs> Most people in the world. So, Prahlad is saying, Svasti astu, let there be auspiciousness and let these demons be pacified and let everyone become, let everyone's mind become absorbed in what? In pure devotional service, yes. <laughs> let everyone, not just the devotees, let everyone uh, be absorbed in pure devotional service. Yes. So, yes, this mood of Prahlad. So Prahlad is certainly glorified uh, in these chapters. This, this section of the Bhagavatam, by the way, um, starting with first chapter and uh, going through the whole story, is one of the most complex in terms of the structure of the Bhagavatam. This is one of, is the most complex portion of the Bhagavatam. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that there are at least five if not more layers of discussion, of conversation going on. It starts out, of course, in the beginning of the Bhagavatam with uh, Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages of Naimasharanya. Then, uh, through him, we hear of Maharaj Parikshit hearing from Shukadev Goswami. And then, from Shukadev Goswami, we hear because Parikshit Maharaj, in the beginning of this uh, canto, has asked this question, um, which leads to another question, uh, in, in which, which Yudhishthir Maharaj asked to Narada. Now that becomes a third level of discussion, and it goes on from there. Uh, early on, is it chapter one or chapter two, um, we hear a conversation of Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu is speaking to his relatives. He's preaching to his relatives. And it's quite ironic because what he preaches actually is very nice. <laughs> he preaches detachment from material life, from false identification with material body and so on. Very nice preaching, and as you're reading, as you're hearing, you think, hey, is this Hiranyakashipu speaking? How is this possible? He seems to completely forget what he's preaching later on. And within his discussion with his, uh, with his family members, there's another discussion. There's Yamaraj, who appears to speak uh, to... Suyagya's um, relatives. And then in his speaking with him, he also tells a story and there's a conversation there. So that's, that's the Bhagavatam. Some people, when they start reading the Bhagavatam, they say, oh, this is too confusing. Somebody's speaking about somebody else speaking about somebody else speaking about somebody else speaking about somebody else speaking. I can't take it. Well, it takes a little patience and a little determination 
but this, each level that we go in the Bhagavatam, it becomes more and more and more rich. Such that uh, we come ultimately to uh, imbibe uh, the sense of the Bhagavatam, uh, which is, as Prabhupada said once, what is the Bhagavatam? He said, is the beautiful story of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Well, the, supreme, the story of the Supreme Personality of Godhead does not exclude his devotees, quite the opposite. Uh, unless uh, we have the Bhagavatas, those who are related to Bhagavan, in, our, uh, in these accounts uh, of the Lord, it would not be complete. Now, Srila Prabhupada speaks a lot in this purport about avatars, and almost every time that he uses the word avatar, he gives as a kind of translation the word incarnation. I want to mention, because just a few weeks ago uh, I participated in one what we may call interfaith dialogue. Uh, this was a Vaishnav Christian dialogue uh, which was organized at Iskhan Tirupati. Um, we had two different Vaishnava groups, Godiya Vaishnava and Sri Vaishnava, and we also had two different Christian groups, Roman Catholic and Protestant. Uh, and uh, we had a, a two and a half day discussion, which was very nice. Um, this is something that Anuttama Prabhu has been organizing each year for uh, four years here uh, in India and over 15 or I think 20 years in America. And I just want to mention in case you meet someone who is um, Christian, you should be aware that the Christian understanding is that there is one and only one incarnation. And they identify this um, as Jesus, and they uh, identify Jesus as the Christ, as the uh, anointed one. Interesting little story to add to this is as you may know, psychologists sometimes have to deal with people who have problems understanding who they are. And there are so many jokes about, um, about uh, people with psychological problems who are in uh, various institutions who go around identifying themselves. I am Napoleon. Uh, or maybe more in India, I am Krishna. And they start doing this, and Prabhupada says in this purport, they're imitating, uh, or, or they're pretending to be avatars. One psychologist um, professor was um, lecturing in his uh, in one one university in America about. Um, um, problems of uh, this sort and he had one student who was particularly bright 
um, very responsive, liked to discuss so many of the, the issues that the professor was raising. After class one day, he came to the professor and he said, um, Professor, can I speak with you in your office? Yes, I, I have something to say. Okay, so he uh, met him in his office. He sat down. He said, yes, uh, how can I help you? And the student said, well, I have to tell someone, uh, so I thought I should let you know that I am Jesus. And the professor was thinking, right, uh, okay, how do we deal with this? <laughs> Anyway, the point, he, he's, he's speaking about narcissism. Uh, there is this notion, it comes from ancient Greek uh, um, mythology, uh, that someone named Narcissus, he looks uh, in a pond, he sees his reflection, he becomes absorbed in that reflection, thinking how beautiful, how wonderful he is. It's a kind of story that's a perverted reflection of the account of Krishna when he sees a reflection of himself uh, in the pillar of the palace, right? In any case, narcissism seems to be a problem for many people in the world to the extent that they may identify themselves with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, this is a little bit understandable, I have to say. Why? Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead is present in every single one of us as Paramatma, isn't it? And there's a possibility, there is a danger that one may misidentify oneself with Paramatma. That danger is there. In the Sri Vaishnava Sam, uh, Sampradaya, they have this tradition, I believe it was Pilai Lokacharya who elaborates on this. He says there's five different forms of, of God, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the very top there is Para, then there are expansions, Vyuha. Then there are further expansions, Vibhava they call them, we would call them avatara rather than incarnation. Then there is paramatma. They say, uh, they use the word antaryamin, uh, the one who goes in the heart. And finally, archa avatara. Interesting is that it's, so to say, cumulative. The para form of the Lord is present in the vyuha form of the Lord. The para and the vyuha forms of the Lord are present in the vibhava forms of the Lord. The para, the vyuha, and the vibhava forms are all present in antaryami, and all four of them are present in the archa avatar, and the archa avatar among all these different forms is the most accessible Right? Here they are. The Lord is so kindly here for us to see. And all these expansions, they're all present in the Lord. So anyway, that, that danger is there. So it's kind of understandable. But then Srila Prabhupada in his purport is saying, 
those who misidentify with the Lord are demons and they should be killed. Sometimes Prophet would speak like this. Uh, some years back, uh, there was a project the BBT started called Tough Ones. And they requested some of us, I was included in this project, to write articles which were then posted on the internet to explain some of the tough things that Srila Prabhupada says in his purport. Some of the things where we kind of go, Ugh, how do I explain this to somebody? Uh, because Prabhupada is sometimes very strong and very direct. Uh, so, tough ones. This purport, we may say, is it's the kind of purport where someone who is not so sympathetic will read and say, Aha! You see? It's a fact. It's proven here. It's these religious people who are causing violence in the world. Therefore, we should all become atheists. Yeah, they say like that. What would you say to them? Prabhupada is saying, kill the demons. What would you say to them? Chop off their heads. <laughs> Chop off their heads, yes. Just as Krishna chops off Shishupal's head. Uh, if we had more time, I would uh, share an interesting meditation on Shishupal. But I want to do something else. As a reply to this, I would suggest, let us look at the nature, the, the spirit, the mood of Prahlad Maharaj. But not directly in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is, one has to say, in many respects, a summary of the Lord's pastimes. And the summary of the uh, pastimes of his devotees. And sometimes the Lord's devotees expand those pastimes in other literature. So, for example, Sanatana Goswami expands the pastime in his Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Well, as you know, Narada is on a quest. He's on a quest for the devotee who has received uh, the mercy of the Lord, who has received the greatest mercy of the Lord, and eventually he arrives uh, to meet Prahlad Maharaj, and he praises Prahlad Maharaj in wonderful verses. And Prahlad Maharaj, we can imagine, he's holding his ears and saying, Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. No, he's not doing that. But um, in a sense, that's his mood. And so uh, he responds to Narada. And I thought we could read some of this to get a sense of Prahlad's genuine feeling that, no, I am not the one, you, you've, you've got the wrong one. <laughs> uh, we know that Prahlad is a great devotee. Does Prahlad know this? Well, let's see. Prahlad says to Narada, um, When one receives instructions from great souls, those instructions have the power to awaken one's higher understanding. And then one can engage in devotional service to Lord Hari. Here he's, remember, he's speaking to Narada. Who is Narada in relation to Prahlad? 
He's his guru, his spiritual master. His spiritual master is coming and praising him, and he's saying, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Therefore, it is not a sign of greatness that ordinary persons like me can persevere despite terrible disturbances, give spiritual enlightenment to children, behave like saintly persons, like saintly persons, show compassion to suffering souls, or refuse the boon of liberation. He's saying, this is no special thing. And in his commentary, Gopi Paranadana Prabhu explains uh, briefly, he's drawing from Sanatana Goswami's commentary, he says, Prahlad was not crushed by his father's persecution. He preached vigorously to the sons of the Daityas. He behaved like a self-realized saint, dancing and singing in ecstasy. He was merciful to the suffering conditioned souls, and he refused liberation when Lord Nrsingadev offered it. So these are his accomplishments, certainly, but Prahlad is not feeling that this is very special. And he goes on to say, merely from these symptoms, the best of saints do not conclude that Krishna has given a person his mercy. Krishna's mercy, blessed Narada, appears only in a truly worthy servant. I've never performed any real service for the Lord like Hanuman and others. I have only remembered the Lord sometimes when my mind was troubled. <laughs> he's going to go on and glorify Hanuman a lot and he's going to send Narada to Hanuman. Uh, but this is one of the reasons he says that Hanuman is greater. Look at Hanuman. He's done actual service. What did I do? I just... What did I do? I didn't do anything. I just sat there. Meditated. What is meditation? That's not real service. You praise me because he caressed me and showed other signs of affection. But some consider such affectionate behavior merely a false show of maya and others just a display of his pastimes. You regard those affectionate displays as natural symptoms of his love, but I consider them no more real than a dream. And even if we accept them as real, they're still not evidence of his mercy. The Lord truly gives his mercy, saintly authorities believe, when he grants the right to render various kinds of service, a blessing he gives to such devotees as Hanuman. Nothing else counts as his mercy. And then later he's going to say, and the Lord gave me this, this kingdom. What kind of mercy is that? We understand that when the Lord is truly merciful with someone, what does he do? He takes everything away. He didn't take anything away from me. So I'm not a recipient of the Lord's mercy. Go visit Hanuman. He's so like that. Uh, it goes on in, in this wonderful uh, conversation. So that's, that's the complexity uh, of uh, the spirit of the Bhagavatam and the devotees. The devotees feel themselves like this. Prahlad uh, is showing, actually he's expanding his glory by showing that he himself feels himself 
not to be special. So there are a lot of wonderful lessons uh, in the account of uh, Nrsinghadev and Prahlad. On the day of uh, Nrsinghadev's appearance, of course, coming up in a few months, uh, we, we all kind of, uh, the brahmacharis like to come together and, you know, sort of macho brahmacharis, yeah, Nrsinghadev, Nrsinghadev, Nrsinghadev. I always say, actually, we should be more appreciating Prahlad. Uh, and in particular, another verse uh, in the fifth canto I find helpful, and it relates to a prayer uh, that uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings in his, uh, what is it called, Navadvipa Taranga, um, this uh, collection of prayers which is a glorifying Navadvip. He, he says, he's praying to Nrsinghadev uh, to purify his heart so that Radha and Krishna will enter. And in the prayer from Prahlad Maharaj, uh, you may know this, it's, it's a nice uh, strong prayer. Om Namo Bhagavate Narasinghaya Namaste Jaste Jase Abhiravir Bhava Vajranaka Vajradangstra Karma Shayan Randhaya Randhaya Tamo Grasa Grasa Om Svaha Abhayam Abhayam Atmani Bhuvishta Om Kshram Karmasayan Randhaya Randhaya uh, I was trying to remember what Randha means but it's Karma Asayan May the desire for fruitive activity in my heart be removed uh, Randha Maharaj do you remember Randha Disperse, dispel. Cooking. Ah. Randana. Cook it to death. <laughs> fry. Fry it. Okay. Yeah, so fry, fry out, uh, burn, fry out this seed in my heart. What seed? the seed of the desire for karma result, for results of my activities. It's a wonderful pastime, it's coming to an end here. The Bhagavatam continues. Uh, it is indeed the beautiful story of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his devotees. Grantarat Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Hare Krishna if there's a burning question, I suppose we could take it. Uh, anyone who needs to go, feel free to go. Uh, any question or comment or uh, reflection or complaint or argument. I know in Vrindavan sometimes devotees like to a little bit back and forth. Uh, I'm, not so, I'm not so expert at that, but 
we can see. Uh, no? How did that debate go? That Which debate? debate? The, I mean, not the debate, the discussion with the Christians and the... Like, oh. How was that debate? I mean, what, what, it was not a debate. Or uh, a discussion. Yeah, discussion. Um, Panchagoda Prabhu is asking because we had this um, interfaith dialogue. So the, the whole spirit of this debate is not to, it's kind of understood in advance that we're trying to develop a relationship, a friendship with each other. Our purpose is not to prove something. Our purpose is not to say we are better than you. Our purpose is not to say, uh, you know, we got it right, you got it wrong. That's not the purpose. Uh, the structure, this is a quite structured sort of discussion. Uh, it's all as arranged by uh, Anuttama Prabhu. Um, and he has a lot of experience in this. So at the previous converse, uh, dialogue, which happened the year before, it's decided what will be the theme of that discussion. In this case, the theme was divine grace. Christians have a very prominent idea of divine grace. Vaishnavas have a very prominent idea of divine grace. So we have a common platform. Let's talk about divine grace. And then uh, it's arranged for one from each of the groups to prepare uh, a, a written, uh, a short paper uh, that we read. We, uh, we're each given about 20 minutes. In this case, I was asked to write about um, divine grace in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. So it was a nice opportunity to speak about Lord Chaitanya. <laughs> and uh, some other points. Uh, and what to say, it, it's a very sort of amiable group. Uh, it's a small group. It's intentionally done in a kind of small uh, selected um, um, arena, so to say, for, uh, shall I say, political reasons, because it's, it's known uh, that there's quite some tension that takes place in India uh, between some Christians and some Vaishnavas, not all Christians, not all Vaishnavas. And this is an attempt uh, on our part to, to soften that tension, to open up dialogue, to recognize here are sincere souls who are in their way uh, seeking uh, spiritual life, in their way are seeking, as Prabhupada said, love of God. And there are interesting statements from Srila Prabhupada to this effect. Our business is not to convert, he says, sometimes in some conversations. Our purpose, he said, is to encourage others to become better Christian, better Muslim, better Hindu, better whatever their tradition is. Uh, if we can do that, then we are successful. 
Uh, I've just recently come from uh, Mayapur where we had a seminar. I facilitated a five-day seminar on what I call dialogical Vaishnavism. Uh, the idea is dialogue is a good idea and there are ways to do it which can be uplifting for everyone involved. We often think of preaching and we tend to think of preaching as a one-way, one-directional program. I speak, you listen. Well, if you, if you, um, most people, most people in the world, um, educated people, if they feel that this is the approach you, that you're coming to them with, uh, they're not going to listen. They're going to turn off. Uh, so the, 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 the process is one of opening up, opening the heart. So dialogue uh, is, is, is one way of doing this. This is the, the idea. So, good. I wish you all a wonderful day today of devotional service. May we all remember Prahlad Maharaj today. May we remember Nrsingadev. May we remember Shishi Gornitai, Shishi Krishna Balaram. Shishi Radha Shyama Sundar Lalita Devi Vishaka Devi and may we remember Srila Prabhupada and may we remember Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Goti Vaishnavarinda Ki Gaur Premanande Hare Krishna